You're listening to 1590 Afterwards. Today we sit. It's actually the day before the 4th of July as we record this. And my anniversary is on the 4th of July. So lots of fun going into uh, this uh, fabulous holiday. There's fireworks shows everywhere. Just do a little, if you're listening right now, uh, KV, which you are if you're hearing me. That's always a great thing. If you're listening right now. <laughs> KVTA.com has all of the fireworks celebrations, so nice. you can go there and find out what's going on. Now, we're just going to jump straight into it. we got a lot to talk about today, and one of the things is sequels and the issue with sequels on how good they are and how they grow. The sequel that is a smash hit, and I do believe this is an absolute fact, it is the only sequel that has gained audience and box office each time, I think think at this point there's been five okay do you know what it is um handsome guy who a lot of people say this dude cannot act and he's supposed to be the nicest person in hollywood really and i I like him a lot Huh. good old keanu oh really yeah a lot of people criticize him i think he's great just because i've i've enjoyed his funny goofy stuff the wick series has actually gained box office each time hasn't had a dip that's really difficult to pull off now is okay i'm t- i have not You're watched a second of is it a worthwhile dive in because we have similar taste we have similar um the body counts are ridiculous but i and i won't tip off a couple of the body things. counts as in death or body counts Kill. as in oh, oh no okay. no no yeah this isn't uh <laughs> yeah, this is matrix with one x <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is Mr. Wick. It's got a really funny premise on how he is an assassin and why he got really mad and made. A, it's not the typical vengeful man because it's it's it has a funny angle and the stunts are pretty good. It stretches you out a little bit sometimes, but it's one that has succeeded succeeded over and over and over again. Now, Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. fan or not? Not a big fan of Indiana Jones. I did like the Raiders of the Lost Ark when I was a kid, uh, but it was something that felt a little bit slow at times. You know, they spent a lot of time in libraries and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, the very first one I saw by accident, we went out to L.A. to watch a Carlos Santana concert. We pull up, and it's sold out. And my friend starts laughing and saying, I knew it would be sold out. And I said, why did you have me drive here? Right. He said, well, let's just go home. And I said, hell no. We're in L.A. We're going to do something. So I dropped down. We see Indiana Jones. We get in line, waited two hours. But back then, they used to have entertainers and music guys. It was kind of fun, people watching and all that. It just got me from the beginning, being chased by the rock and all the things and the, the people who, you know, who were, you know, insincere to him or what he said, turned their, their backs on him. I thought it was very, very funny. The guy with the whip. Uh, is Indiana Jones. The big guy comes at him, he just shoots him. I just yeah. thought there was a lot of good sense of humor style of Star Wars Harrison Ford. So I really liked it. Well, they just came out with the most recent one, and I think it's all long in the tooth. Oh. It made $160 million out the gate. And we know movies now, they rock it at the beginning, then they take a pretty good fall. Yeah. It costs $300 million to make. Oh. So when you make a movie, my understanding of box office is that you have to make two times or two and a half times the budget because there's other things. There's distribution to get the films out Mm -hmm. there, and there's also advertising and stuff like that. So this movie is probably going to tank as far as it goes for a box office hit. So it's the funny thing, again, about 
any kind of sequel, and we've had them through our lives, the Rambo run, you know, the Rocky runs. There's oh, been yeah. quite a few that have sequeled out at a pretty high. Star Wars certainly has e- gone crazy. Even the Creeds now, after the after the Rockies, the Rockies have led into the Creeds, which is now on its fourth film, I think. Yeah, and those things. So it's funny. Sometimes the sequels are really good. I think classic sequel was the second Godfather. That was huge. But it's funny to see, and do I need to see this movie? If it lands on Netflix, I'll watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll plug in that way. The other thing is, for you, if you want boredom, it's two hours and 34 minutes. Ooh, yeah, that's long. It is a long way to go. It's not Titanic, but it's damn close. Uh, So that's the deal. So it's just a a funny take with all the movies that have been released. And who would have predicted, and everybody will say, me, but really, at the beginning of the season, who would have predicted that the Mario Brothers movie with Chris Pratt is the by far box office hammer. Isn't that crazy? It's the one that is killed. And another big sequel thing coming up is Mission Impossible, the cruise deal. And I think they're on eight or nine at this point. Wow. He's had good success with those, though. Yeah, he has. He's a funny kid. You know, people make fun because he jumps on couches and he thinks that lizards come out of volcanoes. But he does some good acting and great stunts. Yeah, he's definitely of our time one of the really great actors. Like he's, you can, he's he's so good that when you're watching a film that he's in, you forget that it's Tom Cruise while he's in it. He's he's so in that character. And we can pick out a bunch of movies where oh, he's been in stupid stuff. Well, everybody has, but yeah. he's been in some real smashes. And it's his birthday on July third, which is uh, today as we record this. Wow, today is his birthday, so he's in born on the fourth of July, and he lied to me. So that crushed me because he was not born on the 4th of July. He was born on the 3rd. Fat liar. No doubt about it. Let's carry on here. What else is going on? Memorabilia. We always get around to it because it's one of your big things. What amazes me is in the memorabilia, and I'm going to go over to like rock stars right now. Okay. So you find out that John Lennon had written the words to imagine on a napkin, and that napkin is now available. That sucker will sell for like $901 million. It'll sell like mad. So check this out. We had a president. I'm going to go into trivia here. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. You don't say. He was was one of our presidents. And uh, maybe the best ever, as many people would say. More books, more movies, everything. When it comes to presidents, he's sort of the dude. Well, a previously unknown and unpublished letter from President Abraham Lincoln has been recovered It's the first time that this has been noted as a letter. It was written during the Civil War to another general, and it was a pretty big deal during a very, very critical time. Now, since the general wasn't like U.S. Grant, it was one of the other guys that you um, Civil War folks and aficionados probably know. But this letter is now available. This is the hand of Abraham Lincoln with ink writing this wow and he has by the way beautiful penmanship yeah. it's uh, the guys back then yeah. they, they were forced to but this is in the rob collection r-a-a-b it's one of the auction houses so again you see things like a lennon you know missive a mccartney thing bob dylan something like that going for huge money like a million bucks they're going to start off the bidding at eighty-five thousand dollars. doesn't it show you where our priorities are to some degree do you think this will hammer up Oh, that's going to go. I think that's going to go for over a million. I would think it would have to. Yeah. This is Abraham damn Lincoln. Does it and say how long the letter is or how much it, how much there is in it? Uh, it's a good, good question here. They wrote with them quills. I can't, you know, he, uh, Gettysburg Address was quick. 
you know, when you look at speeches, that was pretty quick. The early Civil War letter, which is dated August 19th, 1861, which is mind-boggling. Wow. That's pretty cool. Wow. Addressed to American civil engineer and Union Army Colonel Charles Ellett Jr. Now, apparently, there was a lot of friction between these guys. They didn't think Lincoln knew what he was doing, and they were blowing him off a lot. And apparently, this was disregarded by the dude. So that puts even more heat on it and the other generals that were involved in that. But it doesn't say if it was a two-pager or a postcard. Uh, but it was, it was out there, and it was written, authenticated, by Abraham Lincoln, starting off at $85,000. Let's see where it goes. If you would like to bid, you can go to raabrobcollection.com, raabcollection.com. That's where the letter is currently for sale. So make an investment and see. I wonder how they do that, if they still have the big event where people go in and hold up the paddles, or is it all done online now? Or I wonder how that works. How is it authenticated? Because you've been to live auctions. Yeah, I've been to some. They're pretty fun. They're pretty exciting. Uh, One time I was not paying attention, and Colleen wanted some painting that was there, and it was pretty nice, and we thought, okay, we'll help out. I raised my paddle, and the guy, and he's doing the hibbity-dah, hibbity-dah, and I heard another number that was higher than mine, so I raised my paddle, and he says, sir, you just increased your own wager. <laughs> and I looked at him, and I said, I have no clue. Everybody kind of laughed because there was people who knew when to do stuff like that. But it, it's fun. It's pretty exciting. That A lot is- of car- do they do sports cards auctions? Uh, well, obviously you have your online auctions and all of that stuff, but yeah, they'll, they'll, every once in a while they'll have stuff like that. There's, um, a couple of different auction houses that, that will do some of the bigger items like game used from Super Bowls and bigger Mm -hmm. things like that. And I believe that they do that in that similar fashion where some of the, like, uh, Steiner sports is a big purchaser that likes to issue that kind of stuff and helps them kind of keep control of the prices on the market and everything. And um, but they they do they do that and it's um, it's an, it's a fascinating thing because it really is because you're you've got those few people who are kind of setting the price of things you know they're the ones they're the ones that are going I'm willing to pay this much and now that's the price and that's why you always want when you own something you want two people that want it yeah that's all you need mm-hmm. you don't need five hundred people in there staring at you you want two people so the bids just Keep bumping up. That's what you need. You need that kind of conflict. Tipping. Let's go to this. Are you a fan of South Park? Uh, no. I, I never got drawn into it totally. I see clips that make me laugh. Me too. But I've never watched it at length, and I know it's historic. Damn thing's been out for 20, it's about 25 years, I think. I yeah. was living at the beach when that first came on. That's I've been, it's 25 years. So these two kids, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, they bought a restaurant in boulder boulder colorado it's called black bart's cave and they call it the disneyland of mexican restaurants more than fifty-two thousand square feet in the restaurant featuring live indoor cliff divers what what how does that work but it sounds like it'd be pretty fun they bought it in 2021 after its operations were crippled by lockdowns because of covid the duo bought it for 3.1 million they claim they've invested forty oh, million. Wow. So how much do you have to charge for an appetizer to make that pencil? I'd say mozzarella sticks would be roughly in the two thousand yeah, dollar range. Right, probably. Oh, you want a dip, sir? Yeah. You want a ranch with that? Yeah. I, I think they're doing this because they're 
they're, they're probably close to billionaires when you yeah. look at what they've done. They've had movies. They've had all sorts of stuff. They must be doing this. There's something behind. Maybe they were raised around this place, and they, they found an attraction to it. But one of the things they're doing is they're, t- they're no-tip restaurant. They're going to pay. Everyone on the wait staff will make $30 an hour. Oh, nice. Yeah, $30 an hour and no tipping. No tipping at all. Employees are not. Now, they say when they went through this, of the 256 employees, 93 were a part of the shift, and a total of two were unhappy about it. So it tells you two things there. One, everybody can't agree. But the Mm -hmm. other one is $30 an hour. There must have been two people that were saying, you know, with tips, we actually make more than that. Right. And we dodge the government to a huge degree because it's it's cash. Right. When I used to drive limos, it was sweet. You know, end of any shift, a fifty dollar day was like okay. And sometimes you walked with a hundred cash and you were paid fifteen an hour. So a lot of when you see the old guy and you think, Oh, poor old guy, some of them are are making some pretty good money and a very heavy cash business. I would say that a lot of the drivers are making thirty percent, thirty five percent cash. Wow. Which can be a lot of money. You know, it can be like thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars <coughs> a year, thirteen, fourteen grand a year in your pocket That's cash. A lot of money. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. It'll pay a lot of bills. So when it comes down to that, just doing a quick thing on tipping. Tipping for you. Do I, I by I, service or do you just say, Okay, I'm gonna tip twenty and get the hell out? Well, I Typically, if the service is done adequately, I tip well. Mm-hmm. And then if it's not done adequately, I'll I'll tip like kind of minimal, but not I don't I don't I'm not the guy that's like, you know what? You are such a jerk that I'm going to give you 50 cents so you can yeah. see this and right right on your on my receipt that this is what you're worth. Yeah. <laughs> Which I actually had people do that when I was a waiter at, mm-hmm. at Denny's when I first got out of the Air Force. I'd get every once in a while somebody would write something like that. Like this is what you're worth. Like, Wow, how wow, miserable yeah. do you have to be to go pick <laughs> on somebody that. that's working at Denny's? Yeah, Life's you, already a little rough as it is. Come yeah. on. <laughs> you're trying to get stuff done. So I would say, so is a minimum tip now 20? Because it used mm-hmm. to be, again, I'm older than everybody, 10, 15, 20 was the standard way of tipping. And some people say you tip 10 in a Denny's. And I used to, because I was a, a logical kid, you tip 20 at a Denny's. Because yeah. the poor waiter, waitress, they're dealing with Grand Slam breakfast that costs like six bucks. So if you tip 10%, that's 60 cents. Well, I really think there you, you got to pony up a little more because they're working their butts off. And as long as the service is generally good, help that guy out. Not that you should pay for my breakfast or my service, but also at Denny's, there's a really big problem with a lot of people don't tip. It's a very, because it's kind of on that fast foodie fringe mm-hmm. in some people's minds. And so. There were times when my, because, you know, the the government says what they expected you to have made. I can't remember what the percentage is. I think it's based off of like 7 or 8%. Mm-hmm. And they, I was supposed to claim more tips than I had actually gotten. Because I was working the graveyard shift. I'd get nightclub people that were just like, ah, I want my mozzarella stick. I was lucky if they paid for the meal, let alone tipped me, you know. <laughs> yeah, drunks with pie and coffee usually don't uh, go that high. Yeah. And they're pretty rough. <laughs> but And that's the other thing that's kind of funny about tipping. With a lot of older people, they still harken back to the 60s, what was money worth back then. I had a paper out in the 60s. I am that old. And I was delivering the News Chronicle. I will never forget when a lady, because back then a quarter tip was action. You Mm -hmm. know, a quarter tip, I could buy some baseball cards, get a soda. A lady looked at me and she says, here, buy something cold to drink. And she handed me a dime. 
Now, even then, a dime was really, you, you couldn't produce much. <laughs> okay, well, dime. Maybe if but you came across you, a lemonade stand. Yeah, yeah some kids uh, yeah, selling lemonade on the corner. But it, it was just funny back then. So going through this, is this the way of the future that we should start paying people more and saying no tipping? I think so. I would I would definitely prefer that. I don't like all that confusion and I don't like that awkwardness of for a little while before, you know, when people first started to do the card thing a little more, there was always that awkward moment where you look at the waiter and you're like, oh, I left it on the card. I left a tip yeah. on the card. And you felt like you owed them an explanation as to why they don't have money laying on their table. <laughs> yeah. And it's a tipping through the credit card can be weird because usually even when I pay on a credit card, if I have cash on me, I always leave cash. And I, I think the wait staff appreciates that because yeah. they can uh, manipulate it better and it's not left up to big brother out there in the machine. Well, a lot of times too, it's it all relies on this one manager too who takes the cash out of the the till and goes, "Okay, I'm supposed to pay so and so this much in tips and I'm supposed to pay this so and so this much in tips." And that that manager could go, "You know, that seems like a lot for this person who I don't particularly care for. Let me stick a 20 in my pocket." And that's very easily can happen. Not at every restaurant, a lot of restaurants have checks and balances but a lot of restaurants it's very possible yeah the tip pool is difficult and i've never understood when i give waiter the 20 percent what does the cook get because i'm still most impressed by the cook yeah they're the one that are in there just flinging and swinging and going they're over the hot grill that's the one that i really really care about plus that's your food that's what it tastes like yeah, yeah. Well, the from my experience the cooks are the better paid people they're usually paid even more than management and they're so they're usually not tipped i don't they're know not in the pool anymore i don't okay. know if that's different or not it could be maybe that could be <laughs> the case but that is the deal so trey uh trey parker what's the other guy's name here from south park see we don't pay attention yeah it's the other guy yeah the other guy matt stone and trey parker trey they and bought matt. the restaurant they're going to throw down 30 dollars each for the staff we are done Oh, sounds good. Well, thanks so much for listening to uh, 1590 Afterwards. Be sure to like and subscribe and let everybody know where you found this particular podcast and let everybody know you can find it wherever podcasts are found.